0: Hello listeners, I'm Izzy, and this is What Is Movie Podcast, a podcast about all things cinema. Every week, my co-host Alexander and I sit down and talk about a movie we saw together. This week's movie is the classic, The Breakfast Club. This is actually Alexander's first time watching this film. Will he call my name, or will he walk on by? Find out, and enjoy. Ready? Mm-hmm.
1: Three, two, one and we're live uh we're finally here we're finally starting the what is movie podcast uh i'm alexander and i'm izzy uh this is our podcast tell everyone how long it took us to get this started today
0: it's 10 o'clock right now at night 10, o'clock at, 10 night. o'clock at night and we started this what four
1: yeah five? We, we tried to do this at five
0: uh, yeah and, and maybe two hours later we're like you know what there's no podcast. There's no <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, no so two
1: hours into doing this, it wasn't working. And I was ready to give up. But, you know, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I deleted all evidence of this podcast even existing. Um, but you didn't give up. you were like, no, we got to do this. We have to do yeah.
0: this. Yeah. I mean, really, there's, there's a solution to everything. So I I knew that this is something I wanted to do. And we are here. And we finally did it. We're finally doing it.
1: Yeah. So, we don't know what day this is going to come out on yet, but whenever you're listening to this, they, we'll, we'll find we out. We'll figure it out the we'll day. We'll figure it out. But um, the way that this, or the structure of this podcast uh-huh. is going to be, we talk about some news, possibly, going on.
0: In cinema, in In, in, in film. the film world. Uh-huh.
1: And then we'll talk about some of the movies that we saw this week, and then we'll go into detail about... Uh, the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And then we'll end it with some theories, conspiracies, and, uh, other people's insight.
0: And opinion. And, and Analysis. <laughs>
1: <Z-Z-Z-Z. laughs> yeah. And then we'll give our rating.
0: hmm From Letterboxd. From also, Letterboxd,
1: that's right. And big shout-out to, to Letterboxd. That. They're not sponsoring us at all, but they definitely inspired us to... Oh, and big, huge, mega shout-out to 70 Millimeter podcast. Right. Um we're basically ripping them off (laughs) but uh well let's talk about ourselves a little bit let me go first i'm alexander um my goal this year is to try to watch a movie every single day and so far i've been matching that goal but it's hard to do because trying to fit into a schedule of just normal life is harder than it sounds even if Mm, it's only like an hour long you know Uh um let's oh we should talk about our favorites before we get into anything Uh So my four favorites, my four top fours or whatever, Uh in no particular order, are The Last Duel, which I saw last year. And uh, it was just the most uh, surreal experience that I've had in a theater. And it touched me in a deeply personal way. And it just makes you reflect on a lot of... Uh, things, mm-hmm. and I know that some people dog on it, and they're just like, "Oh, maybe we should believe women," which obviously we should. But I think it's a great introduction to a lot of people who might not inherently watch those type of movies, mm-hmm. and well, who shy
0: away from topics like that. Especially. Yeah, and I think
1: the the way that it was presented helps a lot of men, particularly who wouldn't go and seek this type of film to be exposed to this. Mm-hmm. And then the number two I have is the best movie, and I will die on this hill ever, in my opinion, well, I don't know about that, but it's my favorite movie, <laughs> is um, Pirates of the Caribbean, the third one, At World's oh, End, yeah. and that that movie is so good because it still holds up. All uh-huh. of it holds up. Mm-hmm. The special effects of it, even like, I don't know, 12 years later, whatever it's been, still perfect. Still good. <laughs> My third one uh, that I have is uh, the Night House with Rebecca Hall, oh, and I was not even aware of Rebecca Hall before last year, and she's one, just one of my favorite people working today. Um, right. I lo- we love both of us loved Passing. Uh huh. Really, I was really so good. good. I, I loved it, and uh, the Night House where she plays uh, a widow uh-huh. who is potentially being contacted by her dead husband
0: i get chills just uh, thinking about it and
1: it's so good and i just love the way that it plays with negative space
0: oh god that that's like even to this day i watched that what last year yes we watched it last year we went to the theaters Uh uh-huh and and like i'll be just laying in my bed late at night and i'll just like look at my room negative space (laughs) oh it gives me chills
1: and then finally i have the platform which uh lol el Oyo, yeah el Oyo. the platform it's so good it is so good what really made it one of my favorites is that i watched um a video by cynical where he basically talks about it for an hour and goes into depth on like how everything in that has a deeper meaning and how it basically just uh, retells the story of uh don quixote mm-hmm. and i loved it so much that i bought the book and i haven't even read the book <laughs> yet but these
0: are two pages and he's like this is such a great book. It's
1: so good. It's like 800 pages though. And I'm like, I can't even start it really. But I bought it on Audible. Uh-huh. I bought it on Audible. So you,
0: you actually bought it?
1: I actually got it on Well, I spent to my token on it, uh-huh. but I haven't even started it. It's like 48 <laughs> hours.
0: Do you plan on, on what or listening to the audio and then also reading at yeah, the Yeah, I'm going to do time? both.
1: Yeah. Because, because. I, I think that'll help me be more immersed Immersed. In okay, so those are my top four. Go ahead. You can finally introduce yourself properly.
0: <laughs> I'm Izzy. I recently just got into movies. I, I'd say that we got into movies around, around the, the same time. Around because the of same
1: the, time. the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So um, we, both, we both were locked at home. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we just started watching movies all the time together.
0: Yeah. And just every single day, at least one movie. Yeah. I, for you, at least. Yeah. I, I try to.
1: Okay, so what are your, let me see your top three.
0: My top three are, or my first one mm-hmm. is Titan. Uh,
1: <laughs> it,
0: it's such a weird.
1: She's smiling so hard.
0: Grotesque, obscure movie. And I just love it so much. And it's just so, it's just so good. You it's just so You love that movie weird. more
1: than me. And I'm the one that showed you it. And I was like, we have to watch this. And then because Karsten, Karsten Runquist, shout out to him, and he's not watching this.
0: We have a love-hate relationship with Karsten.
1: Yeah, you know what? Well, here's the thing. Going off on a little tangent, Karsten Runquist is a guy who's on YouTube, and he's the one that I first uh, was introduced to Letterboxd because he, every month, goes through what he watches. And he's also uh, a filmmaker himself. And um, I, I was a big fan of him, and he inspired me to start doing the same series as him Mm -hmm. and i tried to hire him on vimeo or no was it cameo cameo Cameo. i tried to hire him from cameo and he never responded he never fulfilled it and since then i've been salty
0: yeah and then who did who did we get
1: we got oh oh my gosh papa uh no swansea
0: swansea oh my gosh we we i'm gonna gonna
1: hire him again for this a promotional oh video. it's gonna You're we're gonna go on it's gonna be on our instagram and you can follow us on instagram at @whatismoviepod. Uh, what is movie pod uh-huh. um so if you want to see that promotional video you can go on there
0: <laughs> he's so cool and, and he he uploaded he, he uploaded his video like
1: in four quickly. minutes yeah and f- like literally like when i refreshed the page he had done he it.
0: has a video and it's just He's great.
1: He's iconic, yeah.
0: Yeah, so my first one is Titan. It is a 2021 film. It's a French film. And recently, around this time when I first watched Titan is when I started getting into foreign films. Mm -hmm. And this was one of my... It was just so memorable. It's just such a memorable, like, watch. And it's just so, like, obscure. And it just, it, it really piques your interest in just, like, how crazy and how intriguing can film get?
1: You're just in- super into, like, I don't know, like, the weird grotesque kind of
0: It, it It's not eyeball. grotesque. It, it's not grotesque and, like, oh, that's, like, gory or nasty. But grotesque grotesque.
1: <laughs> grotesque, uh-huh.
0: Grotesque in a way that's, like, it would have never really happened in real life you know and i think that's what i like in a film is that it's almost like an escape
1: Mm -hmm, definitely okay so your next one is
0: my next one is the birdcage by mike nichols Uh and this is a 1996 film based off of the original birdcage and even though this is meant to be a comedy i just sobbed and cried and
1: robin williams is so good
0: so good and it just it just really really i don't know at least for me personally it just it just played with my emotions
1: yeah I, it was fantastic and rest in peace robin williams it's so good
0: uh, nathan lane too he was great
1: yeah he plays um uh what's his name albert albert that's right <laughs> albert <laughs> oh, oh my gosh
0: oh gosh it's
1: so good yeah sh- shout out to my mom my mom is the one who Told me, oh my God, you have to watch this. You have to watch this, and then we watched it together. Mm-hmm. And at first, because it is a comedy, I was like, "Mom, this is insensitive." Like, you know, like they're making fun of people who are in the LGBTQ plus community, and uh-huh. I was just like, "This sucks." But as it progressed, you get to see the intricacies of how and um, just how it really was, and and how it exposed. It was a lot of people's uh, first time being exposed to this type of community, mm-hmm. and for that, it's extremely uh, beautiful and right 100 percent. okay and finally
0: and finally frankenstein mm. this was probably one of the first films that i looked at critically mm-hmm. and this is one that you had to watch for your film class yeah
1: for my science fiction film class which oh gosh that class
0: <laughs> we can go on a tangent with that
1: yeah but uh-huh you're saying
0: and, and and you know what? I think I connect to, to movies in, like, a weird way where it's just, like, just one character who is treated poorly by others mm-hmm. when they shouldn't be treated poorly. and That's I, literally, like, that's, oh, literally, oh, that's literally your favorite. Yeah. Each one
1: of them is, like, someone being treated poorly.
0: Uh-huh. But Frankenstein, like, I don't know, just, it was one of my first, just one of my first films that I looked at from, like, just not out of entertainment. hmm and it was just my heart, yeah. you know, and like, I, I have this beautiful, beautiful painting by an artist at like a, a kind of like a art fair
1: uh-huh, okay. sort of
0: thing. And this painting is of, is of Frankenstein and uh-huh. he's just so sad and it's just so beautiful. And, and this artist is super underrated and I, I wish that I knew his name, but it just, I, I, as soon as I saw that painting, I was just the f- only thing that I wanted out of that whole entire convention.
1: Oh. Uh. We have to watch the the Frankenstein's, the Bride of Frankenstein. It oh picks up right God. after apparently the first one. Oh, God. So we I have know. to watch that one. Definitely. Let's talk about uh, some of the movies that we saw this week. You want to go first? Or do you want me to go first?
0: I'll go first. Okay, so I only saw two, I guess three films this week, which okay. is actually a pretty little number compared to what I used to.
1: Yeah, we both took what, like a three, four day break? Uh huh. Which, which is, is like weird. the longest we've taken in uh, the all of the whole year. The whole year. Yeah.
0: So first movie I watched is Dirty Dancing, and I actually rewatched this film. Uh-huh. It was just so fun, and, and you know what? I'm you're gonna hear a very big rebuttal, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I want to dance every time I watch it, and I just it's just a fu- it's just a fun film.
1: What did you rate it?
0: I rated it a three and a half stars,
1: mm.
0: which I think is a little too high, but I. I
1: but if you liked it,
0: I liked it, so yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. Good for you. Yeah.
1: I rated it two and a half stars. <laughs> uh, my review on Letterboxd says lots of cheesy's eighty romance eighties romance, which it is. It's it's that's just all it is. Plain out. Lots of dancing. Uh huh. I needed more dirt, you know. I needed like I just needed more, more. Oh, uh, like it, yeah. I don't know, but I get what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be cute. It's supposed to be lighthearted. My favorite review was from Abby, and she rated it five stars, and she just said "horny movie," <laughs> which I agree because that's just, like everyone's just so turned sexually charged in that movie.
0: Uh huh. the next one that I saw was Perfect Blue, and I I saw this yesterday. Oh boy, this movie. It it had such a great pacing. What's it about? Okay, so this movie is about a pop idol. Okay, like a singer? Yeah, in Japan. Okay. And basically, she kind of wanted to steer herself away from being a singer and going into acting. Okay. So she decided, okay, I'm going to completely quit being a K-pop idol, or not K-pop but uh, a pop idol and she just full-blown actress oh just thinking about it it just it, it really puts you into like a i don't know it just really immerses you with the character because you kind of get to know her before things get crazy
1: Mhm. and the movie's animated right
0: yes it is animated and it's by satoshi khan
1: okay um when, in, the, when did it come out
0: in 1997 so she goes online uh-huh. and she uh, Finds this website and it, during, I mean, the '90s there wasn't any social media, so the closest form was creating a whole website on yourself. But what's crazy is that she didn't make it. Really. So it was called Mima's Room, which is her name, uh-huh. and she was reading it and she was just like, "Oh, this is so funny! Like this person really knows me well uh-huh. because it was it was like almost in a diary form. It, it was actually in a diary form. So it was like, "Oh, dear diary, today I did this, blah 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 blah." But it was super super detailed and she's just like oh this is so funny and then she started reading it and it got more detailed and more detailed and she's just like what the hell someone's watching me you didn't Whoa, know
1: okay wow well, okay that's all i need to know I, I need to watch that what did you rate it
0: i rated it a four and a half stars and I, my favorite part about the whole thing is Is, one, the plot, and two, the pacing. Mm -hmm. So in my review, I said, no crumbs were left behind. I think this film has great pacing, allowing you to always be interested in the plot. The way everything connects and makes sense towards the end was so well-crafted. Had me shitting bricks the last 20 minutes or so. Did you like
1: any other other people's reviews?
0: No. I gotta start looking at other people's reviews. Yeah.
1: I I, guess sometimes people make me laugh so hard.
0: You like, you like looking at the best reviews, people who rated it the best and people who rated it the worst. And I feel like your favorite is people who have, have stars.
1: (laughs) Because they usually just say the most horrid things and I think it's hilarious.
0: All right. So tell me about the films you watched.
1: Okay. So one of the films I watched is called Funny Games and it came out in 1997. It's directed by Michael Haneke and I rated it four stars. And that four stars did not come until like the last minute. I,
0: yeah,
1: because I was watching it, and then I remember you called me and you're like, "Oh, how's your movie going?" And then I was like, "Well, hmm, I'm not sure how to feel." You're
0: like, "It's a whole lot of nothing."
1: It's a whole lot, yeah. Well, not nothing, but it was it was definitely a slower paced film, uh-huh. and maybe I'm just super desensitized to I don't know what I'm used to. Like I don't we've seen some crazy things, you know. Mm-hmm. So something like this wasn't super like it wasn't.
0: What genre was it?
1: It's a horror movie. It's I'm sorry. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a horror movie. It's about this family who gets a visit from these two random boys, mm-hmm. and they basically abduct them in their own house. Oh. And uh, it's very similar, in my opinion, the 2008 movie The Strangers. Uh-huh. And I saw that with my mom, and we we both hated the movie I because of the explanation. Spoiler alert, um, The Strangers are asked, Why are you doing? They say... Because. because you were home. And now, when I think about that, I'm like, that's horrifying. That's haunting. Yeah, but when... You, I don't know, we were just expecting a different vibe, you know? Cause uh-huh. like, because you killed my sister in the oh, third grade, you, wanted you know? you
0: something dramatic, something Yeah, like... so
1: when we saw that, we were like, oh my god, this is so stupid. But that's but scary. But now, yeah, because you were home, and I was like... Uh-huh. Now thinking about it, it's scary. Yeah. So this is kind of the same premise of, like, they didn't do anything, you know? They just uh-huh. literally showed up. So I rated it four stars. What and are
0: some reviews that you like? My
1: favorite review, actually, is from Brody. Oh, Brody. Brody, oh my god. How do you say his last name?
0: And Brody
1: Kjog 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 Brody Kjog and this is a guy that I found uh, we found we were just on Letterbox and we f- right. I, he had a funny review or something and
0: um you just loved his favorite movies I thought his
1: favorite movies were so funny his favorite movies for those wondering is uh Most Valuable Primate one two and three and then <laughs> Salo 120 <laughs> Days of Sodom. Uh, I just thought it was so funny. He has super great insight into this. Fifteen year, yeah. He says he's fifteen on there, and I'm like there's no way you're 15 he, he
0: says he's 15
1: yeah he says so but he he wrote a whole like multi-paragraph review but right. it it blew my mind and how someone could like i don't know i was almost like a little jealous i was like damn i feel see that? that you know <laughs> yeah and i was just like oh my god but his his review is great so you should check him out his letterbox is just brody Kyog. yeah he's um, super cool yeah. What I will say is my favorite part of that movie was the fourth wall breaks. It made the slowness of uh, some of the sections. I mean, it's so worth it.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So I really love those. Finally, I saw THX 1138. <laughs> what? This movie is directed by George Lucas, which uh-huh. everyone knows directed Star Wars, right? right? I haven't seen Star Wars. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this, I should watch this.
0: Instead of watching... Instead of watching Star Wars. Uh-huh. And
1: it just... It's not for me. I just... I don't get it's it.
0: sci-fi. is just I, not for you. Here's the thing. and
1: I, My sci-fi uh, love is is lacking for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, you know what? I'm watching this alone. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to give it a chance. I just couldn't do it. So I think I rated it one and a half stars. <laughs> the poster for it is super, super sick. And uh-huh. that's still my favorite part of the whole movie. I also wanted to watch it because this is the description. People in the future live in a totalitarian society. A technician named THX1138 lives a mundane life. Life between work and taking a controlled consumption of drugs that the government uses to make puppets out of people. As Thx is without drugs for the first time, he has feelings for a woman, and they start a secret relationship. Oh, that Doesn't that good. sound so good? Uh-huh. It's not so good. <laughs> I guess m- maybe because at least they say it in here it's mundane as hell. Like, is a whole lot of nothing happening. <sighs>
0: Not for you. Not for me. Mm.
1: Well, finally, I think we've gone through everything, right? Let's talk about the film of the hour.
0: The Breakfast Club.
1: Okay, so talk about what this movie is actually about.
0: They only meet once, but it changed their lives forever. Five desperate high school students meet in Saturday detention and discover they have a lot more in common than they thought. I like that. You like I, that? I, I you liked like that? I like that synopsis.
1: Okay. We were initially had a whole bunch of movies to pick yeah, from. And
0: crazy films, too. Yeah, we were, were, just we were like, trying we to
1: figure out, what do we start with on? The Human Centipede, <laughs> and we were looking at, what else do we look at? Stay tuned to next week. <laughs> I know, well, we'll see. We were just looking at a whole bunch of crazy movies. Uh-huh. Finally, we, we landed on The Breakfast Club, and I think that's a good place because it's loved by a lot, but I also saw a lot of people that didn't love it
0: right and actually we'll tap into some of that because i didn't i didn't know why people didn't like it you know mm-hmm. but it's we'll get into that in your, in your uh in,
1: conspiracies in my reddits okay so my first note that i had on this is that the introduction song is just super iconic uh-huh. like it still holds up i loved it
0: oh and then i put march 24 1984.
1: 1984 oh Shermer right. high
0: school is actually alexander's birthday that's right i mean he's not 30 years old but still sick march 24th on your birthday
1: yeah the first thing i noticed when it was actually like the movie was starting is that high school is super bougie
0: really i thought
1: it looked really i was like wow like they have like their library is all fancy yeah super
0: big old art statue yeah was Uh that like a
1: slug or what was it
0: i don't know i think it was just abstract
1: i think it was supposed to be a slug
0: it looked abstract i think it's a slug all right what are we saying what do you have? I actually talked about the way that these kids were dropped off said a lot about their character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first person to be dropped off was Claire. And she's just like, I don't belong here. Like, it's so absurd. I have to be here on a Saturday. I'm the, I shouldn't be here. And the dad's like, yeah, I get it. But just, just go. And the second kid was Brian, which is the little nerdy kid. Mm hmm. And his mom was just put so much pressure on him and was just so stern for him to study during his detention. Oh, that's
1: right. He said, like, I'm not allowed to study.
0: And she's just like, mister, you figure out
1: a way to study. I was just
0: like, oh my gosh. And then Andrew, Andrew Clark, which is the jock, the wrestler. I thought his name
1: was Andrew Johnson.
0: No, that's Brian. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson.
1: What's his name? Are you sure?
0: I'm positive because you remember that he was talking with, uh, or Bender was making fun of him and was like, "Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers?" And he's like, "No, Mr. Johnson."
1: Oh, okay. Well, all of my notes are wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I made sure to go and let a box in and make sure the names are correct.
1: Oh, see, you're better me. You're better than me in that regard. I I forgot.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so Andrew was dropped off and I had telling him, "You want to miss a match? You want to blow your ride?" And our school is going to give a scholarship to a discipline case. And then Bender walking in.
1: And he almost gets hit by. He almost gets hit by. And he almost gets hit by. And he almost get hit. How about you say
0: He almost gets hit by.
1: And the car almost hits him. And it's Allison's, right? Allison? That's her name?
0: I don't know. I think it's Allison. Oh, and he, but he did not make a single flinch. flinch.
1: Yeah. What else do you have?
0: I talked about how everyone started off by hating each other. Mm-hmm. Like, not a single person was, like, somewhat cool with the other. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Andrew and Claire, which are the two popular kids, but they all hated each other. And I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah. And I really, like, think that it shows a big transformation as it goes on.
1: Speaking of hating, I hate Allison. I don't know that makes me a bad person, but I couldn't stand her. <laughs> I just could not stand her uh Like I like I'm sorry if you are that artsy shy kid. I know that there's but a she lot. Was a,
0: she was a bit extreme. She wasn't necessarily. Know, she was just...
1: a lot. She's a lot. Like when she was on screen, I was like, "Oh my god."
0: She was a uh, quirky.
1: Yes, the epitome of quirky, but not in a nice way.
0: Not in a nice way.
1: Yeah. Another thing that I noticed is that John Bender, right? John Bender. Mm-hmm. Those fishnets, those gloves. Horrid. <laughs> Those are horrible. Really? I didn't like... You liked them? His I, fashion I mean, famous? it was just...
0: It was just... It's
1: just. It's the 80s, I it guess. It was just the 80s. Yeah, I but, mean, his
0: whole outfit was pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, what was he wearing? He was wearing a he long He had like a bandana coat. wrapped
1: around his ankle. Uh,
0: long, had, long beige trench coat with a, a jean jacket And underneath. then more
1: under... A flannel under that, right? Uh-huh. Or something like that. Yeah. And all of their... Except Brian's. I think Brian's I would wear.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: But He had like a crew neck on. Like yeah, a and, crew neck. And, I own one.
0: Yeah, actually. We, we, we all both own do. one. <laughs> yeah. And, and can we talk about how rude and annoying Bender was throughout the whole entire film?
1: I was so torn by him because in some. Parts he was super witty and he was making me die laughing. Uh-huh. But also he was making some horrible jokes that like do super not hold up.
0: Sexist. And yeah. He was just really mean, especially to Claire. Which I mean I, I could see like why he would have like a specific hate towards her because mm-hmm. she's popular, the princess, whatever. I just thought it was really interesting. Like he was so intentional with like his rudeness. Yeah, a lot of it, like,
1: I thought that a lot of his, uh, specifically, like, the sexual jokes, Mm -hmm. just to Claire, it was not it.
0: I think it was maybe meant to be like that. But I also thought it was a whole... Yeah, but
1: I think when, like, in the context of this being released in the 80s, I don't think it had the same type of ugh Mm -hmm. that it did then, or, Uh or that it does now. Uh-huh. At least in my opinion. Like, cause... Oh, I think, yeah.
0: Everything ages.
1: I know. But I just... Yeah. Especially when he's, like, eating their lunches. And then she's like... Where's your lunch? And he's like... You're, You're wearing it. it. And I was like... Uh, uh, we both... We, Throughout the whole time we were when we were watching it, we don't, we don't say anything to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we did not talk about what we thought, but we both were going, ugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then when he's, um, in, like, in her skirt.
0: Yeah, they, they were hiding him because yeah. he was supposed to be locked in the closet. Yeah. Or...
1: I just can't even get over the idea. Because when you watch movies and, like, the woman's nipples are, like, you can see them. Uh-huh. Like, this is not real life. Like, you can make the creative decision to hide the nipples mm-hmm. or to not show someone's private areas you know Mm -hmm. so i'm like how do you go about that like oh today you're going to be showing your hoo-ha yeah and you're going to be showing your nipples it's Uh like i don't know that's that's just crazy to me
0: it's an executive decision
1: (laughs) (laughs) someone needs to be fired that's all i know
0: okay so basically i was saying that i think bender's rude and annoying eccentricness was Mm -hmm. on purpose In, in a way it almost brought everyone together Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's very purposeful.
1: Well, as far as Bender's rudeness, I mean, anyone could see it's a defense mechanism. Uh-huh. You know, he, he talks about how his whole home life is broken. Oh, my god! His dad burns cigars in his arm. In his arm. I think you first see that he kind of breaks his bad guy image when the teacher, what's his name? Uh, Richard Vernon?
0: Yeah, Mr. Vernon.
1: Mr. Vernon. Dick. locks Yeah, Dick. <laughs> locks him in, like, the closet or something. And he's crazy. That teacher's crazy. Like, he oh. goes over the line. But, I
0: mean, can you imagine having to deal with kids all, like, those type of kids all the time?
1: Yeah. Well, he tells them punch me get on your feet pal let's find out how tough you are i want to know right now how tough you are come on i'll give you the first punch let's go come on right here just take the first shot please and i'm begging you take a shot right here come on just take one shot that's all i need just one swing and then he closes the door on him and then you kind of see that bender gets a little emotional uh-huh. and that's the first time that i think his walls are down you know he you really get to see that this guy's a sensitive uh-huh. person but he just has this facade of having to be strong
0: mm-hmm. I, I guess be mean
1: be because mean, i yeah. mean if
0: you imagine living with an alcoholic you have to be mean towards them for them to leave you alone
1: yeah you kind of have to be a ball buster so that you don't get your balls busted
0: uh-huh Okay, so what did you think about Allison?
1: I wrote down. I remember I wrote down. She's making like weird anime noises. She's like, uh, 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 I don't know what you she was
0: hate t- it when people do that. I just,
1: I can't. That's why
0: you can't stand anime. Oh
1: yeah, that's my biggest problem. Is that I okay? I love normal anime. Like I love action anime because you what have less action of that. like Naruto. <laughs> like I grew up when I oh, watched okay. some of that, right? And it's not so, ah, you know. Uh huh. But in a lot of like emotional anime, it's like. <laughs> you know and i just i hate that I, but you
0: know what i think I, I going more into allison as a character i just think that she's an attention getter and she wants attention because she even talks about in the film that her parents don't give her attention
1: oh my gosh i totally agree with you that like that's her kind of thing she wants people to talk about her and even she'll go to extreme lengths she'll say right, that right just horrible the, things but a to get a reaction liar. right she says that she's a compulsive liar and throughout the film i hate her right and but that one line where she says that her parents they ignore me and i was just like oh that that was yeah. so that made me so feel for her yeah, in that moment like, endearing besides that i hate her <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you, you know what i for a second i thought that she was actually homeless because she had so much stuff in her bag yeah when she so, dumped all that junk out right and then they were just like why do you have so much stuff and she kind of got offended
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i was just like well m- maybe home life is hard so she lives in her car or something like that you know what yeah, i mean yeah guys it goes on, you can just tell that she just wants attention, mm-hmm. and she just wants people to notice her, mm-hmm. and I feel like you can really see it in the beginning of the movie, because even when she was in the corner, in the background, she was out of focus, she was still doing stuff to get attention, You could you could still see her, and you could still notice her and her, her odd movements, and the weird things that she was doing. Yeah. So I, I, I think that as the movie progressed, her need for attention just grew.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, here's the thing, like, I get what her character was portraying, but I was so disappointed with how they wrapped up her arc.
0: Oh, God. Oh, my
1: gosh. It, that was also like one of the few moments that we actually said something. Right? Out loud. I, I, we actually. Like, mm. <laughs>
0: in my original notes, I put "classic cute girl transformation." Yuck.
1: Yeah, I was so disappointed with that, right. and I was I wanted her to maintain her, what she was, what
0: she is, and then
1: Claire transforms her into this cute girly girl, and it's like, it's, oh, you look so much better. And then that—that's um, when Andrew and Brian both look at her. Oh wow! wow. This is who I was wow. really under i hate that i
0: hate it too you know what and that's not something that i remembered like first time watching it so seeing that for like really seeing it i was just like oh that sucks i know because they, she was like
1: blew it her, blew her aesthetic
0: it. was really cool too and i really liked that about her she, said she just looked cool
1: yeah she just looked like an uncomfortable carbon copy of claire
0: oh yeah yeah her transformation
1: <laughs> you looked at me like i had three eyes You're like <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, good. I was super disappointed by that and I just think ending that movie with her in that new kind of get up and uh, personality quote unquote it just made me super bummed out. Uh-huh. So what did you think of the sensitive moments in the film in the later film when they're all kind of s- sitting. sitting down? Uh-huh. And uh, that weird like ethereal music that plays?
0: Oh, yeah. I was
1: just like it reminded me of Drive, you know, when they oh. would, when they would be like, sentimental, Uh you know, and that started playing, but in Drive, I thought that was really cool, Uh but in this, it was just like, you know, it's like, (laughs) I don't know, I I just, I didn't get it, Uh it felt off to me. Well,
0: well, as for the actual scene itself, and in the context, I thought it was super intense, and for what a lot of people recognize this movie for, it's just like, oh, The Breakfast Club, it's cool, it's funny, and The classic clicks. But no one talks about the intense scenes.
1: Yeah, well, I was like, damn, when Brian talks about how this pressure that he faces in school uh-huh. um, and how he gets his first ever F drives him to the thoughts of suicide. Mr. Ryan, I found a gun in the locker. I can't have an F.
0: I can't have
1: it. I know my parents can have it. And I was just like, wow, like this is super deep, super impactful. What, like a great, you know, thing to highlight while you're making this film. Uh-huh. And then they blow it by making a joke about it being a flare gun. That was a flare gun. Went off of my locker. <laughs> Ugh. And I was just like, oh come on, like that could have been like a that strong point. Was
0: just- Yeah.
1: You know, and I I get it. You got to keep it light or whatever. Or they wanted to keep it light, but I wanted it to stay in that moody kind of like, there could have been so many other ways to break the tension or break the ice. Uh But I think that Brian's character should have, it should have stayed on the fact that school does that to people. Uh I know people, I have friends who were like, "Ah, I'm up till four in the morning doing this and that.
0: Right. And because they want to go to
1: some crazy school, but, and they can't accept anything lower than an A. and it just eats at them
0: yeah and i thought it
1: was super great
0: yeah the fact that school does that to everyone is just it's terrible and i I feel like it it definitely shouldn't be like that i i hated the way that people treated him too because he was just seen as like he's just such a side character and when we tap into reddit I, i mean it brings so much light to him and he becomes so much more important
1: okay i'm interested because yeah in the movie he was like oh my gosh, we need to talk about how they all end the movie and everyone's super cool with each other. And it's like, okay, everyone kind of grew. And then Claire says, Brian, can you write the essay for us? Oh my god,
0: I I hated that. It made me so angry. I'm
1: like, no one has made any progress. No one has made any progress throughout this whole movie.
0: Right. You know what? Molly Ringwald, great actress... I'm going to be honest with you. I did not like Claire. Mm. At some point, she was cool, but she just overall, her her character and and her persona was just, like, shitty. Yeah. And she just wasn't a nice person, and she wanted to perceive herself like, I'm the princess. Everyone likes me. I like everyone. But, like, you're a liar, you know?
1: Like, what do you mean she's a liar?
0: In the sense, like, she's like, I'm cool with everyone, and everyone's cool with me. But it's like, she goes on to, to tell the rest of the group besides andrew who was also popular that hey i'm not gonna say hi to you in the hallways like that's just like break the stigma break the clits like click
1: break <laughs> <laughs> the clits break the clicks i was so so sad when she was like can you write the essay and i was like She's like, you know you're the best one out of all of us. And And then she's like, I won't talk to you when this shit's over. And I was like, oh my god. For what?
0: For what?
1: I know. I was so bummed out by that.
0: If anyone else had written that essay, the ending would have never existed. Because the ending was with Brian being the narrator.
1: Yeah, but I I don't know. I, I think that it could have been done in a way that they like all sat around the table and we could have seen them kind of collaborate on it.
0: Right. And then
1: we could, I would have liked to see like a scene when, because they talk about, you know, the princess, the criminal. I would have liked to see them kind of come up with that, you know, mm-hmm. S- something. I would like to see them come together.
0: Yeah, just the fact that he was sitting alone on the table and everyone was getting freaky.
1: Yeah, it was pretty like- much everyone was like kissing and then bender's walking away uh-huh. but oh my gosh let's talk about the ending like the actual final scene when bender's walking in the field uh-huh. and he puts his hand up he puts his fist up uh-huh. and sincerely yours the breakfast Club. That was just, it's so good. So, so good. Iconic. Super iconic. Yeah. And then the, the outro music plays again. Uh huh. And it Perfect. was just, it was really good. Yeah. But leading up to that, I was really disappointed with how everything tied up together. Uh huh. What, what about you? What did you think about the ending being?
0: I was extremely disappointed, but I think that was the whole point is that these groups of just group, 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 group ruins so much potential of friendships and i i mean it's not like that now i i don't think really there's any clicks there's no the jocks the cheerleaders or this or that
1: yeah not in the type of way that it was like that back then right
0: exactly but it was very uh unfulfilling and mm-hmm. unsatisfying because it could have been i mean the breakfast club it could have stayed the breakfast club but in reality we know it's not yeah all right and so this is like the first i guess opinionated reddit okay. title is the breakfast club is just an elaborate plot by four of the teenagers to make brian do all of the homework
1: hmm.
0: right it's a it's a little outlandish but it just so listen. this
1: person's basically saying that all of these other people ganged up against brian to just do the homework uh-huh so it was all for nothing basically okay they played him that's what he's saying
0: The title is pretty much self-explanatory. After being dropped off, the five kids in Saturday detention are given an assignment to write a 1,000-word essay on who they think they are. Andrew, John, Claire, and Allison quickly identify Brian as one of the most willing to get the essay assignment out of the way. They hatch an unspoken plot to gain his trust put on a pretense of friendship and include him in all the things that they'd normally try to get away with in detention. In the end, the other four kids managed to hook up in pairs to celebrate their deception while Brian writes an essay on everyone's behalf.
1: So when did they hatch this plan?
0: And they hatched it
1: <laughs> this without is the talking to each other. This theory is saying they all subconsciously just took advantage of him.
0: The idea is that everyone looked at him to be the smart one and to be the one that was just like, okay, I'll just do it. I mean, in the end, he just did.
1: It's sad. It, ma- it makes definitely makes it a lot sadder. <laughs> right you know because it like it's somewhat pains the idea that okay like you know they at least kind of spent this time together and it was meaningful in that time period of the 8 hours that they spent in detention but it's sad you know, that if if they really did take advantage of them in that sense.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: What's the next one you have?
0: Next one I have is basically a conspiracy that John Bender is a counselor.
1: Whoa, okay.
0: Right? Pretty That's interesting. Inter- yeah, that is interesting. I'm not sure if I came up with this myself or read it at some time, but last night I got baked <laughs> And watched it and came to a different conclusion, meaning he watched The Breakfast Club. Okay. I believe that John Bender is a counselor, or perhaps just gets joy from going to detention every Saturday and helping those stuck there to make profound realizations about their lives.
1: Whoa. <laughs> okay. So he's saying that basically John's uh, some secret counselor and or bored student who right. has enjoyment.
0: In going to detention.
1: And making these people have profound realizations of who they Truly are.
0: Mm-hmm. And he continues, John is always the first one to begin conversations and remains aggressive with the other students, attempting to trap them in their own logical paradox. Hmm. John forces the characters to see the problem with their mindsets and the pressure that they are under. Even the principal talks about how he wishes something could get through to those kids to somehow change them. Perhaps he is working with John. You notice that when John argues over future Saturdays, Claire attempts to stop him from going further and work to hide him after his escape from the closet. In my theory, the principal has a stack of letters similar to the one written by the breakfast club because each saturday he brings in students who need help and understanding to meet with john bender the fist pump at the end he knows he succeeded
1: damn i think that this would be super solid if the scene of them being in the closet didn't exist right all this could be plausible but seeing how the Principal actually talks to John. He had a
0: vendetta. Like, he was just like, he just hated hated him. Hated him, him, yeah.
1: So, I think that this is plausible, but because of the closet scene, I think it makes it unlikely. Uh What do you think?
0: I think that this would be such a cool idea because, in the end, he really did change a lot of, or or most of their perspectives, and they do realize a lot. Did he,
1: though? Because I feel like the whole point of this movie is that none of them changed. Well, that's
0: what I'm saying. For the most part, like, they went through a lot, they went through their crying sessions and their yelling sessions, and, and they went through a lot, but in the end, I, I guess that's where it mixes up.
1: I don't know. I, this person was high when they, when they exactly. watched it, so never mind. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt, people. Okay, finally, what do you have?
0: Uh, this is another brian one
1: brian okay this is a brian conspiracy or the what breakfast is it?
0: club is actually just the wishful thinking of the brain who grows up to become a screenwriter the brain being brian hmm. so basically what it says is something about the breakfast club never sat right with me and i remember when i first saw it it was my first interpretation the consequences of this would mean that the entire story is being told by an unreliable narrator hmm. the brain allison the basket case isn't actually weird in a cute quirky way she's a victim of severe childhood whose complicated psychological symptoms are now being expressed through teenage delinquency and social ostracization the princess is actually a stereotypical uber socialite of the school but the brain writes her as someone who is secretly empathetic and introverted so he can feel connected to her but doesn't believe in himself enough to write her being romantically interested in him.
1: The brain is Brian. The brain is
0: Brian. Okay. The criminal, which is John Bender. Mm -hmm. But Brian likes him. Maybe because he saved Brian from being beaten up once. And fits the entire story so that it's the principal picking on him that he's actually a good kid underneath it all instead of just being a waster. Brian even gives him the girl at the end. Lies. All lies next is the jock andrew right this is this is gonna be a little, a little wild one the jock is actually dealing with repressed homosexuality and a homophobic oh father <laughs> oh who is bullying him into taking up many things like wrestling in misguided attempts to make him straight
1: wow but, Hold brian, on. but before we before we talk about how brian writes it let's just talk about that because we didn't mention that but that scene where he does talk about the pressures of, of his dad of it's like this mindless machine that I can't even relate to anymore. Andrew!
0: You've got to be number one! I won't tolerate any losers in this family. Your intensity is for shit! Win! 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 You
1: son of Is, like, super strong. I think that's one of the strongest scenes.
0: Right. I completely agree with you.
1: Because I think a lot of people can relate to wanting to be the best or wanting to make your parents proud, you Uh know? And, um, yeah, I thought that scene was really good. And it was really weird because, like, looking at all these people, you know, because John Bender, he's supposed to be attractive, you know, for a lot of people. Uh But, like, the idea that... What's his name? Who plays John Bender? Judd Nelson. Look how different he looks now.
0: Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That is
1: wild. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm clicking on the right. John Bender. Yeah. Uh Judd Nelson. Wow. For those who want a description, he's got Johnny Knoxville spiked hair and 2008 glasses, oval glasses that my dad wore. And uh, like a porn stash mustache, (laughs) with like the little side chops Uh on over his on the side of his lips. A little baby. How is he still alive?
0: I, I gotta say yes.
1: Yeah, he's still alive. It's he was born in 1959. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry to go off on that tangent, but it, it just, it was really weird to look at these people and realize that like, they're supposed to be attractive and it's like, these people are old as hell now.
0: I know. That's oh. how I felt about John Travolta in Greece. What's his name? John Travolta.
1: I thought his name was Tron.
0: No, his name is John. Are no. you sure it's John? It's John. It's not Tron?
1: No. Tron Travolta? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not right. Okay. <laughs> Nevermind. Okay. Go Go back to your conspiracy.
0: Brian writes it to look like normal teenage angst. Bender. N-
1: You're talking about Bender? Or no. Are you saying about Andrew. Talking about Andrew. Okay, we're talking about Andrew and his repressed homosexuality.
0: But he says, note that the reason he is in detention is that he taped another kid's buttocks together in an attempt to impress his father.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because, like, you can only imagine, like, it... oh,
1: and he, there's jokes earlier in the movie when John is making fun of how it's like gay that he's in wrestling.
0: Uh huh.
1: You know, and he talks about that he has to wear like the singlet you know uh-huh. and they they make like nods to it being not the most masculine thing
0: mm-hmm. but i feel like i don't know everyone who looks at like a mangled sport where you have to get like really grippy it, 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 i feel like people have that kind of stigma oh that's gay
1: yeah i don't know but th- i think that's interesting though like yeah. did he talk about that in the, in the conspiracy or no no
0: he didn't but mm. the last part says ask for brian the brain Mm -hmm. he went through school mostly under the radar and remained almost entirely friendless however he lately cathartically writes the breakfast club so that he can feel like the various different social groups got to meet and accept him for who he is note how they compliment and empathize with him by telling him to write the letter because he's good with words Hmm. I mean, and there's someone who, who rebuttals this. And, and mind you, this conspiracy thing was written almost nine years ago.
1: Okay. Okay, fine. What do you think of this um, theory?
0: I think that Brian was just too unnoticed and too downplayed. Like, he was just blown off as a character. Everyone got their chance to shine. Claire got with the guy and this and that. And everyone had their their moment. Right? Mm-hmm. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good old ryan
0: (laughs) but brian he didn't get his moment and even when he was narrating no one really recognizes him as brian the narrator at the end who writes the story yeah everyone
1: just looks at bender
0: everyone just looks at bender
1: okay i can see that and i think that his one moment where he talks about suicide and that's supposed to be one of the strongest moments is Overshadowed. overshadowed because of the flare gun joke right okay let's talk about we've seen some theories we've talked about what we thought and uh, what do you think about the breakfast club
0: i think that for the time it really tapped into those
1: and cliches uh-huh mm-hmm.
0: i feel like just it's very unrealistic now If someone were to make a movie now with clicks in modern times, Mm -hmm. people would think it's stupid because it's not realistic.
1: Yeah, I think it's stupid if you look at it in today, especially because when looking at this story, no one develops in a meaningful way. Exactly. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like for the split second in time that them being with each other on Saturday, they could all intersect that they normally wouldn't, which is fine. But at the end of the day,
0: there was no change.
1: What did I watch?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that the change would be the couples, but I mean, that's just. But uh, the change was
1: bad. Like, was I didn't a, like Allison's change. It was
0: a, uh, was a cliche change that no one. I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't push any boundaries and it doesn't make itself different.
1: Yeah, I would have liked it more if Allison would have stayed true, you know, and then at the end somehow.
0: I think I would have Andrew
1: would have been inter.
0: I think I would have liked it more if no one became a couple. Hmm. Okay they all stayed as friends because when you put a relationship into a friend group it makes it messy
1: yeah
0: and it's not a friend group anymore it's just people who hook, like hooked up.
1: Who hooked up
0: it's just people who hooked up mm-hmm. and there's no fun in that and there's no i mean i guess there's fun in that but
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so what's your official litter boxed rating from izzy b
0: i hate to say it, two and a half maybe three just because it's a classic but i mean sometimes you can't give classics yeah a higher rating that's the biggest thing
1: is that i hear that people are like well you have to look at when it came out no i don't you can choose to that's a choice if you want to look at it in the context of it being released and when it did but i'm looking at it as in like longevity wise like is it something that i still want to look at you know Uh
0: or it's like is the effect the same
1: yeah two and a half oh
0: man Yeah.
1: So you're giving it an F. (laughs) (laughs) Two and a half. Okay. I don't know. I'm leaning between the two to four star range.
0: What? Oh, that's a big range. I
1: know. I know. There's some four star moments and four star moments, but they're like a split second.
0: Right. Exactly. Split second. And then they're ruined. That's why I give it two and a half because nothing was sustainable.
1: I think this is a four star rating when you're eating some cereal on a Saturday morning.
0: And you just need something to watch.
1: And you just something that's just like, huh? Yeah. But I don't see me watching this in besides that context. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna give it two stars.
0: Oh my god, people are gonna <laughs> shit everyone, on our everyone. dig.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never heard that. I've never heard that saying.
0: It's not a saying. No. <laughs> I swear, it's the same. No
1: one has ever said. No one has ever said that. No, but I think people are gonna hate us.
0: I definitely think people are gonna hate us.
1: Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Okay, so two and a half stars from you, two mm-hmm. and a half, two stars from me. That is the Breakfast Club. I'm sad that we walked on by, but you know what? Do better. <laughs> <laughs> Do better. I want to see the dinner club.
0: The dinner club. That's yeah. pretty interesting.
1: What if they all did it again? And no, no. Like now. It's just like, what happened to them? The dinner club. I'm going to call some people. I'm going to be the director of that. <laughs> okay. What are we watching next week?
0: Next week, we are watching 2014 Jennifer Kent's The Babadook.
1: And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the first episode of... what What is is movie podcast podcast why did you say a different name what is movies isn't it what is movie what's the name of our podcast